The Hit the Light Podcast featuring Big Frog and Michael Castleberry is on the air. Covering classic metal and comedy from San Diego, California. So now sit tight and hit the lights. The Hit the Light Podcast is recorded live and uncensored. Big Frog in particular is not politically correct, so please don't be offended. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Hit the Light Podcast. This is me, Big Frog, and... It's uh, Diamond Michael Lee Castleberry today. Woo! <laughs> That's right. And today we're going to be covering Van Halen. But before we do that, we're going to start with a little segment that is things we left out because we always leave things out. So probably we're going to revisit the Metallica set, the Metallica yeah. Uh, episode. Yeah, I figured, uh, you know, we're... For shit we left out, it's you know, we're both we're both getting up there and yeah, uh, for shit, sure me. Yeah. shit, <laughs> shit uh, you know gets by you every once in a while. I realized after we uh, recorded and everything for Metallica, we didn't really talk about you know Jason Newstead all that much right. in the band. We I don't did we even mention Robert Trujillo at all? Yeah, I maybe not. Maybe not. I don't even think. I think maybe I mentioned. I think I might have mentioned Robert doing. Uh, oh yeah, the bass the solo, bass solo yeah. at the concert. Right, and that's all we said about him. Right, and now I was, I was aware of Robert Trujillo way back when he was in Suicidal. He yeah. was in Ozzy's band. I had seen him several times before uh, before he joined Metallica. Yeah. And when he joined Metallica, I thought it was a great choice. Yeah. Well, I mean, he was really, uh, I, even Infectious Grooves yeah. was a pretty, you know, it was a funk band. But yeah. I, I honestly, I think he was a really awesome choice. I think he was a little bit of a out there choice in a way. Right. He's an incredible bassist. Yeah. But he's really, I think he shines the most on other stuff when he's playing like a more funk style. Right. And like I said, when you listen to Infectious Grooves, he has some sick bass lines in yeah. there. And then in Metallica, he's a little more toned down right. for their style. Right. Which I think with this last album, Metallica let him cut loose a little bit, mm-hmm. a little bit more. He really, he wasn't on St. Anger at all because he hadn't been hired yet. So right. they had Bob Rock playing bass on right, that. Right, right, right. Um, and yeah. then, you know, Death Magnetic. I mean, he wasn't bad on it. He yeah. just, but there wasn't a whole lot of real standout bass moments for him right. on that. And then, you know. He might have been trying to feel his way in yeah. a little bit. But for Hardwired, they, they kind of gave him a little bit more room to play. Yeah. Like, he's, I think he was playing like he had something to prove on it. You know, right. on Spit Out the Bone, there's an entire, you know, a uh, you know, really good sick you know baseline that he sneaks in there mm-hmm. that uh very cliff burton-esque right and he also kills it live yeah yeah he it took it. A, it took a little bit getting used to without his weird little crab yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah for does, sure but yeah. he's very you know he's yeah. he's an awesome to watch live i think the one downside for for robert for me is um they pretty much have him and Kirk now kind of doing backing vocals in songs. Yeah. And neither one of them yeah. have the voice for it. Whereas, you know, it's when you listen to a song when Jason. He had a good voice. Yeah, he was yeah. an awesome backing vocalist. And that really, I think that's, that gets overlooked a lot, I think, because 
a lot of people, you know, it's, you know, Cliff Burton's like the base god. And right. Like I said, he never made anything whack. Right. Um, you know, and then, you know, Jason played one thrash album where mm-hmm. they pretty much mixed his bass out of the thing entirely. Mm-hmm. And then they went more mainstream, radio-friendly, hard rock. Like, he wasn't really going off that much. Right. Uh, aside from, like, My Friend in Misery on the Black album has a really good bass intro. Mm-hmm. But I think what what really ended up hurting is his his presence on live shows. Where, you know, some of those older songs, for whatever reason, James, like, at the time, he wasn't really singing them, like... You know, I don't know if it's because his voice voice was so much higher on Kill 'Em All. Yeah. So when they'd play like Whiplash live when Jason was in the band, Jason would take lead vocals. Right. And he had a completely different style to him. And it's almost, it was almost like if you kind of smashed James Hetfield and Lemmy's voices together. Mm-hmm. That's that was kind of the sound Jason had. But he had that going for him in live shows. Right. And, you know, I think that was, you know, I don't think he gets enough credit for that. I think people kind of look at Jason as the guy that replaced Cliff. Yeah, just like a fill-in, sort of. And even the guys in Metallica said that they treated him like that. And that was their big regret was they hazed him into the band and then just kind of never stopped hazing him. They were taking out all their aggression on him not being Cliff. Right. And eventually he fucking got tired and he left the band. Right. And he went to go do his own shit. Whereas Robert, first of all, they gave him a million bucks to join. Yeah. And that was on the... And then also, too, probably hazing wouldn't go real well. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like you don't... <laughs> you know, that was the thing is they're a little bit older at that point. Yeah. So Jason wasn't as established as right. a musician. Like, he was in Flotsam and Jetsam. Did you ever listen to Flotsam and Jetsam? I've listened to it a little bit. Yeah. It's all right. It's not bad. It's not, like, exactly my thing. Right. Like, it's, you know, like, songs like Shroud of Piss or something yeah. like that. And it's, like, <laughs> yeah. not, it's not my cup of tea, but... You know what, man? For, for whatever reason, I would just not suggest having and in the name of your band. Like, you don't... It doesn't need to yeah. be this and that. Yeah. Just... Be this. Yeah, that's you know? because that's automatically. So who's flotsam? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like Hootie exactly. and the Blowfish. Everybody just called the black guy Hootie. Yeah, and, and still like, to this day, yeah, he's still fucking. No, Hootie. if anybody's actually listening to this, you probably had to Google who fucking Darius Rucker is yeah, no <laughs> to find out because he's fucking Hootie. Right. You know, and now he's country. Yeah, he is. That yeah. was weird. That's that like, when you're when you're played out, you either start doing comedy or go country. Yeah, that's, that's one of the two two available things. Yeah, Steven Tyler has a country album oh, also. Jeez, jeez. <laughs> I remember this. I remember this dude named Ron Keel. Have you ever heard of him? Uh, not. I can't say. Uh, all right, when he was in. A, he was in this band called Steeler. Mm-hmm. And he was a lead singer. He had like a like a high voice, you know, pretty good. Yeah. Um, and that was when Ingve had just came over, right? Yeah. And so the dude who owned the record label was named Mike Varney. He put Ingve in the band. Some other dude named Rick Fox, bass player, and I can't remember who the drummer was, but they became this metal band named Steeler, uh-huh. right? And um, and they made one record, and then Inve left, and then uh, Ron Keel, the singer, went on, and he uh, made a band called Keel, mm-hmm. and they had like this one hit was called "The Right to Rock," right? And okay, was, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Was, uh, 
and uh, and when that shit didn't work out, like 10, 15 years later, I seen Ron Keel, and now he's Ronnie Lee Keel. And he's, <laughs> yeah, he's Ronnie Lee. <laughs> yeah, and he's got a uh, he's got an acoustic guitar and a pickup truck, and he's yeah. talking about I'm just trying to play some of these songs, and you know it. Oh, you alrighty. know. You know, shit has fallen off, uh, yeah. <laughs> fallen off for me. If you come around one day, and it's like this is Mikey Lee Castle. Yeah, right there now. you go. That's. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, All right. So, speaking of names that uh, good names, as opposed to flotsam and jetsam bad names, one of the first things that got my attention about Van Halen were two things. One, that it was actually somebody's name. Yeah. Because before that, people there were people who thought that Led Zeppelin was a guy, <laughs> right? You know, but no, obviously, whatever, whatever. But Van Halen was a guy. That's the first thing. Mm-hmm. Second thing was that Van Halen also was one of the bands that when we were in elementary or junior high or whatever... They were one of those bands that you could draw their logo on your on your folders or whatever. <laughs> Everybody had a VH. Yeah, that's the fucking shit. Blue Oyster right Cult yeah. sign. You know, we we had this thing where we'd make this uh, like a plaque like this, and then mm. you'd fill in the lines, and it would make make it yeah. say Rush. Yeah. You know, there was a couple Great, of things yeah. like that. Great visual demonstration for yeah, the podcast yeah, listeners yeah. there. That's, I that was awesome. If they're of a certain age, they'll know exactly yeah, what I'm talking yeah. about. <laughs> That's, so, for me, that just for those, like the uh, the draw the logo on the folder thing, I think for me in high school, it was uh, uh, one was Nine Inch Nails. Okay. The, the N-I-N with the backwards N. Right. You could right. draw that real fucking easy. Right. Um, you had a few people, you know, you'd write Metallica or something on there. And right. it had the kind of cool M and the A. And I still remember this kid that was hanging out in our crew. He did Metallica. He had all these metal bands on his folder. And he misspelled Metallica. Right. So we looked at it, and he, it only had one L. Yeah. So we used to fucking clown him every day. It's like, hey, man, I love that band, Metallica. Yeah. <laughs> shut up, shut up. Oh, yeah. Oh, man, I knew a dude that had a misspelled Led Zeppelin tattoo. Oh, no. Yeah, that was But, yeah, then guy. Metallica had to come out with that Ninja Star logo that nobody could fucking draw. And right, <laughs> right. <laughs> load and, and reload. They also had all those cool, like, um, that skateboard guy that would do some of their artwork back yeah, in the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That shit was tight. Yeah, so that. And then now they, I know some of the stuff, they have kind of like a, almost a skull and crossbones type. Of, it looks like a little scribbly sketch thing of it, but yeah. it's kind of cool. But Yeah. So, um, when did you first become aware of Van Halen? Well, you know, for me, uh, being a bit younger than you, I can't think of a time where I wasn't, aware of Van Halen. Okay. It was just like Hot for Teacher was just something that was right. always on rock on radio. Videos too. You know, Panama was always on the radio. Yeah. So it was always something that was around. Right. And you know, and I, I it was cool. It was fun to listen to. I like at you know, when I was younger, it's like I didn't really think too much of Eddie Van Halen's solos or anything like that. Right. It's like, you know, I'd seen, you know, the uh I'd you know, the Hot for Teacher video, the right. Panama video, right. and stuff like that. And um, so I can't think of a time that I was ever not aware of them. I do remember, though, in high school, 
when I was, you know, hanging out with all my friends that are all into alt rock and everything else. And I had a friend, Sean, uh, you know, Sean Doniger, who I'm still friends with. And he really dug Van Halen. Mm -hmm. But he was also into like alt rock and everything else. Mm -hmm. So he didn't like stick out like a sore thumb. And I just forgot how it came up that, you know, he's, you know, kind of a dork like me. We, mm -hmm. we, we started bonding over like Star Wars and shit first off. And he was just, you know, we are just talking about, like, bands that we like. And Van Halen came up. And uh, at the time, I think I remember this, there was a band, Nerf Herder. That were, <laughs> they that. were kind of, uh, they're, they're, they're like, a, I wouldn't call them pop punk. But they're kind of a Weezer-y okay. type band. Right. And they had a song called Van Halen. Okay. And it was all about, you know, how much, you know, you know growing up listening to Van Halen and right. all that. And I actually dug them, and uh, so then I just was like, you know, I, I don't know, just one day I was like, I'm going to like, go out of my way mm -hmm. to listen to more Van Halen. Right. And then it was, you know, I got, I think, you know, being, you know, being a rookie, I think the first thing I did was, you know, my mom had, like, the Columbia House CD Club. Right. So I was like, oh, can you order 1984 for me? Mm. And, you know, or... You know, actually, you know what? That that's a lie. That's not the first way I got it. I was at an estate sale, and there was a okay. and there was a cassette tape for 1984, and I bought that from okay. there. And so I listened it on tape in the 90s. Right. And then I think I had my mom order uh, Van Halen one. Cool. And then it was like, you know, and it was funny because the more into Van Halen I got. The less I listened to 1984. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. And there's some cool fucking tracks on it, but man, like you can only hear Panama so many times right. before you don't ever have to hear it again. Right. And I would usually skip over. Like I try to. It's fucking a pain when it's this VH uh, cassette tape because yeah. you have to fast forward past you know the 1984 right. the old intro and yeah. the. Uh, it takes a whole yeah. four minutes. Yeah, so I might as well just it might as well, be might as well jump. <laughs> you know, I might as well just yeah. listen to it at this point right. because you're fast forward and you stop at the wrong time and yeah. you go back. And then it was like, yeah, when I finally had like the CDs for everything, I was like, oh, this is so much cooler. Oh, yeah, for sure. Where I don't have to fucking play the the fast forward game, and I still don't get like I'm lucky I didn't grow up in like the where everything was vinyl area where you got to find the spot on the oh, damn yeah. record for your yeah. song. But, uh, yeah, that was pretty much where it went for me. And both me and my friend Sean just got super into Van Halen, you right. know, and this was the mid to late nineties. So that was, you know, we're coming right off of this, you know, the, the, the twilight of the Sammy years. Right. Where, and it was one of those, it's funny because at that time, like, for any band that has, like, a different singer, there's always, like, you know, you just kind of go by, like, what you hear from other kids and this and that. So, yeah. for, like, Black Sabbath, it was like, ah, oh, everything without Ozzy is bullshit. Yeah. You don't fuck, you don't want to listen to that. That's all fucking, that's, that's crap. Right. You know, um, for Van Halen, it's like, ah, oh, anything without Dave is shit. Yeah. And then, it's kind of funny, because in Iron Maiden, it was the reverse. It right. It was, Bruce made it better. Yeah. The, the totally. two first albums are shit. Right. Yeah, Bruce Dickinson is the shit and this and that. And then I listened to the first two Iron Maiden records later. I'm like, I think I kind of like these better than a lot of the Bruce yeah. shit. Yeah. <laughs> they have a cool vibe to them. Yeah, I like them. I like them. But um, 
at that, that yeah so at that time it was like ah oh, sammy hagar he's crap he's fucking weak it's all just like why can't this be love right. and then, then finally i decided as an adult uh-huh. to like give it a shot i'm like you know what i think i owe eddie van halen's guitar playing an honest shot and then For I sure. sat down in my 30s and I tried to listen to Hagar era Van Halen. I still fucking hate it. Yeah. <laughs> it's still uh, fun. It's just not. Uh. Yeah. I thought maybe when I was in my 30s, like, you know, coming up on 40s like they were. Right. Um, maybe something about that would click for me. And it just doesn't. Like, right. I can't stand Sammy Hagar, I think. Like. Yeah, you know, I, I mean, I think Sammy would be, like, super cool to hang out with. He's just, like, mm, I don't know. He's like your, he's like your dad's friend. Or yeah, something. well, I was going to say, you know? he's like that party uncle. Like, Yeah, yeah, that's, he's, that is what he's, he's like. He's kind of like, he's kind of cool, but you don't want to be around him all the time either. Right. And it's like he's yeah because he's, he's like, gonna do something weird yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's gonna be cool up until he tries to fuck a sixteen yeah, year old exactly. and then you're like now we can't hang out with fucking Uncle yeah, Sammy Uncle because Sammy he's gonna work. get all weird on one of your chick friends right and he, they're all uncomfortable he already got now. that look on his face oh that's like I had a friend like that uh, when I was like. 18, 19, 20, my, uh, my best friend Ben's older brother, yeah. he was like 30. Yeah. And um, he would want to hang out with Ben and his friends. Right. And at the time, it seemed cool. Right. Because we're like, oh, Kevin will fucking go down and party with us in TJ and yeah. buy everyone beer. And then, like, the older you get, the real, it's like, that's fucking sad. Yeah. That was a grown man hanging out with high school seniors yeah. trying to seem cool. Right. And, like, that's Sammy Hagar. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Totally. And even when he was young, he was fucking, it's like, none of his shit. Like, I'm sorry I'm on such a Sammy, Sammy tangent, but, right. like. None of his shit from before Van Halen is fucking cool either. It's no, like, everything's pretty much corny. Like, it's like, how are you... How are... Like, he was just born like a dad rocker. Right. Like, that's the thing. is like, when he was young and people were his age, like, it seemed like that's what the fucking corny dudes listen to. Like, right. That, like, to me, that's like... um, Whenever you see a dude that's, like, super into Def Leppard. Right. Like... <laughs> That shit's fucking corny, bro. Yeah. Like, like yeah. How, who was fucking rocking out hard to right. Def Leppard in the eighties? Yeah. Like, you're you're not fucking cool. Like this, right. I don't know. Now the old dudes, real old dudes, will tell you, man, you gotta listen to Sammy and Montrose. He was a shit. Serious band, la la la. But I never listened to Montrose. So you know, I I've given Montrose a listen just for the sake of giving it a fair shot and mm. it's not terrible but it's right. just like a worse Led Zeppelin right. that's all it is it's, yeah. it's Led Zeppelin you know with less stolen guitar riffs right and less more, vocal range and, and more Sammy Hagar yeah and that's <laughs> and that's all it is too and you know what even like Chicken Foot is alright for a dad rock band right you know it's you got Satriani you really know, good instruments yeah, yeah anytime you get Mike Anthony in there yeah um you're gonna have a good time, but I mean, it's not—it's not lighting the world on fire, like. Right, you know, and and the thing about that is that they just like—they don't really have the songs, 
You know, when you're a band like that, you got to have a song. Yeah. You know, and that's the thing that about um, Van Halen. I was I did a little bit of research on it because I I always like to get the dates right. Yeah. I was real surprised to find out that the that Van Halen initially formed in '72. Yeah. I was like, what the fuck? It seemed, that's almost hippie days. Yeah, it seemed like that should like. It seemed like it, it's like they they formed in '78 and got and a record deal Neil immediately. And bam, and yeah, and that right was it. because they were cutting edge. You know, yeah. that's the thing, and that's the thing. Like I was telling um, uh, Lonnie because you know I, I introduce her to new music and she introduces me to her music and stuff, and uh, I was um, trying to like have her be blown away by like eruption yeah right and she wasn't and it was like because you've heard so many guitar players that stole all that shit yeah. already it's hard to be impressed with the original well it's thing. like if you take someone that's been uh, listening or watching stand up forever and ever and then sit them down with a Lenny Bruce record right you know they're gonna be like what the fuck is this right this right. isn't that awesome but it's like yeah but you gotta fucking look if you put that in the context yeah, if you were there of what everybody else was doing in the right. 50s and 60s and stand up it was all oh take my wife you know everybody right. was half vaudeville and right, shit right and Lenny Bruce was like the cutting edge at that time right and, you know, it's funny because I can listen to some of that and have that appreciation for it. Right. And I'm probably not going to, like, die of laughter. Right. Because, you know, but you can trace a direct line from Lenny Bruce to George Carlin. Right. To uh, Bill Hicks. Yeah, totally. To, you know, and that's where it all kind of comes from. Right. But, exactly. yeah, like, after you've heard Ingve. Right. Uh, play a bajillion notes a second yeah when you listen to eruption it's not quite the same thing and that was the cool thing for me um was even though all that shit was out there already mm -hmm. i'd never heard ingre before right like, right i've listened to like kirk hammett and everything else so right like the first time i heard eruption it was, was still sick it was still pretty sick yeah and like when I the first time I saw like a a, a kid I know I talked about him before mm. play eruption right that was like oh that's how you know that kid was sick at guitar right he knew how to play eruption right later it's like he couldn't written it but right <laughs> well let me like let me like set the stage for for what we fucking what we heard when we heard that shit because like the guitar players that we had at the time we had. Um, Eric Clapton, mm -hmm. Jimmy Page, uh, Hendrix, Hendrix, but you know that, that he's was, been dead. Yeah, for a he's while. been dead for a long time, and uh, 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 we had um, Angus Young. We had you know dudes that were like kind of basically blues based, yeah. and, and they could play fat. Iomi, they could play fast, and and they could they could do some things. Well, but when Eddie fucking came out, dude, it was like a whole nother level guitar yeah. playing. It was like fucking Hendrix. It was it was like probably for us seeing Eddie Van Halen was like the way same way those fools felt when they saw Hendrix. Yeah. Like what the fuck is this, you know? And him as a guitar player, as I come to find out later, um, learning about learning guitar shit, 
he was like, he was a, also an innovator, you yeah. know, of all his sound. He created all that shit, you know. He used to hang out in guitar shops, and it just so happens that the greatest guitar player of his generation hung out at the guitar shop of the dude who would become the greatest guitar builder of his yeah. generation and and was like, hey, man, you know, let me get some parts and let me uh, put something together for me. I need something new. Yeah. I need something like this. I need a tremolo that can stay in tune. I need this pickup to be fucking way louder. Yeah. You know, I need this uh, amp to, to, um, to play at a lower voltage so that it can distort easier. You know, he made up all that shit. Well, I, that's the thing with Eddie, is I remember Rena thinking about, and he was talking about um, how he came up with a lot of his tricks was um, he didn't have the money for cool effects right. pedals and shit like that. So he just had to find a way to just coax these sounds out of his guitar mm -hmm. without a whole bunch of crazy extra right. equipment. Even now, his effects are minimal compared yeah. to most, most guys. So, yeah, 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 for sure. So, let's see. Van Halen 1, it came out in 78? I believe so, yeah. And I think we heard it in 80 or so, right? Because that was, before that, I wasn't, I wasn't, uh, I was in the other shit. Yeah. So, heard that in 80, and so we had the opportunity to go, to go get Van Halen 1. It was so sick. We just get Van Halen two right away, yeah. right? And the the thing about those records, in especially the first one, is that uh, that's the record where there's nothing weak on it. Yeah, you know they've been playing these fucking songs for years. They've already done demos with them with Gene Simmons yeah. and some other shit. They've already got these fucking songs down. So when that album came out, it was wall to wall, just fucking killing it. Yeah. Right. And also they started their trends with, um, with uh, a cover song on every album. Yeah. With their little like kind of a joke song, you know, which was cool because in this case it was Ice Cream Man, right? Yeah. Which was cool because it was like these dudes, especially Eddie. But as a band, are so sick, so talented, but at the same time, they don't take themselves that seriously. Yeah, there you was know? a very, like, uh, before everything fell apart with that original lineup, like, they looked like they are having a really good time. Yeah. And it's like, they were all, they were very, they fucked around a lot. You right. know, it was, you know, that you just get this vibe from them that they were like as Betchen was like older comments it's almost like they were like hard rock vaudeville at times right because you, know? you got the hello hello yeah. hello hello yeah, like that exactly. kind of stuff out of them and yeah. that I think that was that was probably Dave's influence of course more than anything and the songs were fun and Dave Dave had that like had that weird rap that was kind of like almost um, almost racially ambiguous. Like, he doesn't really sound like a white guy. 
He yeah. sounds kind of like he's doing something else, like uh -huh. some kind of a jive talk or something, which just fit him perfect. Yeah, you know? well, I mean, he was really, really into to jazz and, right. and all that stuff. Yeah, so that's so that was another thing that um, you know, uh, once Van Halen two came out, Beautiful Girls and all that kind of stuff. It was like music about like about fucking mm -hmm. right. From a band that actually had like good looking dudes in it, or yeah. or at least, you know, I mean, <laughs> chicks back then, yeah. David Lee Roth was on posters at yeah. the warehouse and shit, you know, right there with fucking, uh, with Tom Selleck and fucking uh, whoever the sex symbols yeah. were of the day. So he was, you know, and chicks would go to the concerts. That was fucking outrageous for us because there weren't no chicks going to a Rush concert or yeah. Black Sabbath concert or anything like that. Van Halen was like really ACDC too. ACDC yeah. had chicks that but but they were all ugly dudes in ACDC. Well that was <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the thing. If you're ugly you learn how to play guitar. Yeah. But with uh, Van Halen you know that was all orchestrated by Dave. Yeah. That whole thing was you know he, because, you know, Eddie wanted to be like the brooding right. guitarist. Right. And he, like, you know, that's one of my favorite stories when they're trying to rename the band because they're originally Mammoth. Right. And then they found out there's another band also called Mammoth. So, yeah. like, we got to have a new name. Right. So, Eddie, who fucking loves Black Sabbath, right. obsessed with Black Sabbath, wanted to name the band Rat Salad. Right. And you got. Dave over here, you're like, Edward, uh, we're not naming the band fucking Rat Salad. Right. No no chicks are going to go see Rat Salad. What right. is fucking wrong exactly. with you? And he would not let it go. And then finally, Dave was like, he was looking at he was looking at Van Morrison. And then mm. he was like, well, why don't we just call it Van Halen? Right. You know, Van Halen has such a strong sound to it. It's cool sounding. Van right. Halen. We're going to be Van Halen now. Right. And Eddie went along with that. But then Dave, his whole deal, I got this all from uh, his autobiography, which you should give a read sometime. Uh, Crazy from the Heat. Right. His whole deal was he had uh, what he called the danceability test. Right. Anything Eddie wrote, Dave, he's like, you got to run it by me. Mm -hmm. And if I can dance to it, then chicks are going to want to dance to it. Right. And chicks want to fuck after they dance. Right, so yeah. We're trying to get chicks to go to our shows. Right. Like, we want dudes, too. But we want we want to be, you know, we want chicks to want to see our shit. Right. Because we're going to be And then that'll clubs. in turn bring more dudes. Yeah. Yeah. Because then dudes are going to want to go to the club on the Sunset Strip because all the hot chicks are there. Right. And But at the same time, they're not like a... A girly, fruity band like right. it's not like in the '80s, like where you're gonna like uh, I don't know if I want to fucking go watch Poison. Right. I mean, the chicks are there, but uh, yeah. But like there was still, they were a fun party dance band, but there was a masculinity to it that guys right. could feel like they're like you're still got Eddie going off on guitar and you yeah. know just putting together killer licks left and right. So. It was there's a masculinity to it that didn't drive dudes off. So totally. Um, which is funny because like when as much sense as that makes, mm -hmm. when I was putting my first band together, we were. We I wanted to be like 
like like Eddie, like yeah. Black Sabbath. I wanted you know it to be serious. Yeah. It to be fucking you know. Um, fucking dragons and fucking occult and whatever, whatever. And our bass player, Tony, was like, man, why can't we just write songs about having fun? You know, but we're not that kind of band. We are fucking metal. We're not fucking happy time rock. Yeah. You know. There's no fun to be had here. Right. No, yeah. (laughs) And, and, uh, yeah, that's the way, that's the way, uh, that turned out. And, uh, (laughs) But now, I mean, now I can totally see the, I mean, the benefit of both things. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, I, I think probably if Rush had tried to be a, a chick magnet band, they probably would have failed horrendously. Yeah. You yeah. Know, or, you know, I mean, you got to be your own thing. And that's right. the thing is, you know, it was as calculated as everything was with, you know, Dave and his kind of vision for the band, like there was, you know, a legitimacy to it. Right. It was, you know, genuine. This is, that was Dave. Like, that was Diamond Dave. Right. And he had this whole vision for the band. And that's why, you know, down the line, that riff kept growing and growing Mm -hmm. because, you know, Dave was kind of like, you know, despite the band being called Van Halen, Dave Mm -hmm. was the fucking star of the show. Right. Dave was the one more or less calling the shots. Right. And Eddie, he wanted to be the one calling the shots because he felt he's, you know, he's the guitar virtuoso. Right. It's his name. He's the Alex's, musical genius. You know, and, you yeah. know, you got Eddie over here. Right. Like, uh, I'm writing solos that have never been done before, and you're over here not even bothering to remember the words to any of our songs, right. you know, where Dave's just up there, zippity bop, do bop, how yeah. you doing, guys? And yeah. then the crowd goes fucking nuts for it. Right. Like, you know, because yeah. he realized, I don't even need to know the songs. <laughs> yeah, and and that's and that's the thing that, um, that Van Halen was so good in so many ways that you could give him a pass on certain things. Yeah. You know, like for like like Dave knowing all the words, you know, or you know, Dave like just not taking a fucking a whole verse off so he could fucking down a fucking bottle of Jack Daniels. Yeah. What appeared to be a bottle of Jack Daniels, I'm not sure at this point what, uh, he, what was and what wasn't. He claims it was all legitimate what he was doing because he got mad because uh he would do shit like that, and then other bands were kind of ripping that off. Well, yeah, well, <clears throat> and I mean, he found out like Quiet Riot would have like the singer be right. pounding Jack Daniels, and it turned out it was filled with iced tea. Yeah, you know? see, that's the thing that some people don't realize, and uh, and again, it's something that that I've pointed out to people is that every single fucking singer from every single '80s hair metal band or whatever wanted to be David they're all trying to be Dave yeah Yeah. that's that's the blueprint well every one of those bands all those hair bands it's like it's taking Van Halen and then distorting it in weird ways gaining it up more (laughs) and like (laughs) gaining it up good thing you got that disclaimer from the beginning yeah disclaimer that's uh, (laughs) (laughs) um, but it's you know they, they took it and just Blew everything to pieces into fucking bizarre levels where it, you know, after a while it just collapsed in on itself. Yeah. Because that that whole scene eventually became more about how the band looked than how it sounded. Right. So there's so many bands, 
from around that era that they had to look a certain way to even get a fucking record deal. Right. Where I saw what they looked like and the name, and I was like, I ain't fucking with Cinderella. Right. And then one day I just got bored and was listening to a couple of Cinderella songs like, these guys are a fucking legit band. Yeah. Like, and yeah, they, my brother-in-law really likes Cinderella. Oh, they're... They, they sound a lot more closer to ACDC than right. they do Poison, you yeah, know? Yeah, for sure. And they have some really cool, doomy riffs in there. And I yeah. was like, but man, you see, like, for me, it was like you see, like, the, the commercial for the power ballads of the 80s, like, compilation. So you just right. see a quick glimpse of Cinderella singing, nobody's fool, yeah. you know? Yeah. And it's just girly looking dude doing a power ballad. And I'm like, right. I'm never listening to that. Yeah. And, yeah, uh, <clears throat> yeah. That's another thing. That's a uh, um, like when, once. I mean, for whatever reason, I had already decided that I would never wear makeup for to play music, <laughs> and I would never wear spandex. Yeah, right. Those were the two. That's where I drew the line. Right. Yeah. Anything else, whatever. You want to puff my hair up? Okay, whatever. <laughs> that's fine. But I'm not wearing. I'm not wearing, putting fucking powder on my face. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and 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 that, but um, so that direction, like, eh, I wasn't feeling it. And then, um, but Van Halen wasn't like that. Yeah. Van Halen was, you know, and and um, and the thing, like, do you have a a favorite? What's your favorite Van Halen record? My favorite Van Halen record. Oh God, uh, Fair Warning. That's funny because that's mine too, <laughs> yeah. and it's be, for for me it's because of the guitar work. Like the guitar yeah. work is just so fucking advanced by that point. It was like he had done he he was already gifted as fuck. Mm -hmm. He had done three tours now, and his hands were just at a ridiculous level. Yeah, he could do every anything he wanted. He had his sound down. And some of and and that some of the the licks on those records are some of the hardest Van Halen yeah. stuff to play. Well, I think that's the one that you really got uh, Eddie starting to kind of grab more control of the band. Right. Um, they went into a more a darker, serious tone than any yeah. other albums. But the thing is, everybody always um, credits Eddie to that. But yeah. Dave, in his autobiography, talks about like. He had gone, he'd been taking all these trips, and I think he went to like Haiti or something like that. Mm -hmm. And his book is very fucking rambly. It's, yeah, I <laughs> it's check like, it out. it's like all of a sudden he's like, and then I hung out with a voodoo woman and blah, blah, blah. But he was seeing like in places like Haiti, like the, the, you know, these are places that people go on vacation and this and that because of the beaches, but he saw how dark and depressing it is for a lot of the people that live there. Like, totally. there's so much poverty. So that's where he kind of was starting to come up with like the lyrics for like Mean Streets and shit like that. Right. Because he was looking at this like real sad segment of people and going like, dude, like the life is really fucking hard for a lot of people. So totally. he wanted to write kind of a little more darker songs yeah. also around that time. And then he kind of got that out of his system on that album. Right. Because they never really went in that direction again with Dave. Right. And, like I think, well, you know. I think at the time, that was one of their worst-selling albums. Right, yeah. It was one of those things where people that really appreciated what was going on in it. It's a really shitty cover. Really yeah. shitty album cover. I don't, <laughs> that, uh, that, that doesn't jump out at you as something yeah. you want to buy. Like, yeah, no. 
you know, 1984 has like the baby smoking a cigarette right. with angel wings. Yeah, and, it was you know, clever. And you had like, you know, what? if yeah. you really think about it, um, if you look at those, those you know, those Dave albums, yeah. you know, Van Halen 1 had the pictures of them in the club all fucking right. doing their thing. Yeah. And Van Halen, I love that. Van Halen 2 just had the fucking logo. Right, lame. Yeah, kind you of. You know, and then but, you got Women and Children First is just a picture of the band. But I like, like it. Like it's a good picture, picture yeah. of the band. It's, yeah. it's a great poster. Right. Of Van Halen. Yeah. And then fucking Fair Warning has this weird, like it was, it's a say, I can't remember the name of the art piece, but it's a segment of some larger piece of oh, art. Oh, okay. That's like. Some, I had no idea what it was. Um, it's some, it's like some sort of yeah. like depiction of like hell or something yeah. like that. It's some weird, bizarre, giant. Oh, is it like Dante's Inferno type it's of some, shit? It's something? something similar to that. Right. And then they have that and then they. You know, they kind of queefed out Diver Down. Oh, Diver Down was so lame. But it just has the Diver Down the flag. flag. Yeah. It's, uh, and then and then they have a cool album cover finally with uh, yeah. with 1984. But after that, it was like the Sammy fucking record. None, none of them had a cool album. Right. Uh, well, for us, for me, when I I always talk about where I was and all that shit. When I went to Spain, that was '83 or so. That I started getting into much like heavier shit, mm-hmm. you know, and um, and you know at that time like Iron Maiden would have on their liner notes on their album would say no synthesizers of any kind are used in yeah. the recording of this, and there was other bands that would say say Queen would have shit. that on all their albums, yeah, albums. you know, and. Uh, and so I was like, yeah, fuck keyboards, man. Fuck fucking synthesizers, man. And then, right? <laughs> and then right when I got back, that dun, 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 and I was just like, oh, no. Right, what Yo, is this? <laughs> but, but I also thought, because, you know, I thought maybe it was just like a, like a, like an intro, like deal, like Holy Diver, keyboard yeah. intro, but then it will fucking, no. Yeah. That's just the whole song. Fucking solo at a keyboard solo. I was like, oh no, this is this is bad. Yeah, this is And it's funny because I got my iPod in the car because I got I got one I got one of those old iPods that has like eighty gigs, so I can literally have all my fucking shit on there. Yeah. And I don't have 1984 <laughs> on there, which is fucking weird. But I, at the time that I that I loaded this thing, probably fucking 10, 15 yeah. years ago. You don't want to fuck with 1984. I wasn't. I wasn't in a 1984 fucking uh, state of mind. And I mean, the songs are cool. You know, fucking Panama, fucking you know, Hopper Teacher, all that shit. Good shit. Mm-hmm. The videos were cool. Yeah. You know? And and the thing about about it, about Van Halen, because for some reason, I think like heavy metal fans, we have a little bit of of apologist in us because people don't think people don't understand our music like old people and some people would just be like oh that shit's just loud it's just yeah. noise yeah. it's just garbage you know whatever Van Halen was a kind of band like where um, you know one time I was playing it and Dancing in the Streets came on 
<laughs> you know, and my dad was like, oh, they play real songs. Yeah. You know, like they play a song that I recognize. Yeah. You know? And that's like the song you don't want to listen to. Right. On but, the album. But, yeah. but in a way, it's like an in for some people. Right. Yeah. Also, too, Spanish Fly was the way I used look. Look what this dude can yeah. do. Well, I mean, that was you know? all that comes from their club days because they had all a bunch of original songs. But, you know, when you're packing a club, you you play the hits. Right. So they played a fuck ton of covers. Right. Uh, when they were playing in clubs. And then that's like you said, for, you know, the first couple albums, there would always be a cover song on there. Right. And that apparently was a, uh, a, a, a sticking point with Eddie and Dave because Eddie didn't want to do covers. Right. And Dave, Dave is Dave. Yeah. So when Dave is like, hey, man, let's just do this cover here, he figures half the work is done already. Right. He's like, I just need to learn kind of the words and you can figure out how to play a riff to that. Yeah. And away we go. And that right. was funny that you mentioned dancing in the street. Yeah. Because Dave really wanted to do Dancing in the Street. Right. And Eddie was having the hardest fucking time being able to put a riff together for that damn song. Right. He's like, I can't play guitar to this goddamn song. Yeah. It's not that kind of song. Yeah. And he made it work. But that was a big fight, apparently, Eddie and uh, Dave got into. Right. Was because Dave could not wrap his brain around that one. And he was like the genius for Like, he'd make any cover song their own. Right. And that's why, you know, that's kind of a lame fucking cover as far as their covers go. But right. That whole thing, you know, Diver Down, is, you could have... That whole thing was a debacle. Like, it's kind yeah. of... What's funny is when you realize that, that's like the, the thing when everybody talks about, like, oh, man, those... Those Dave albums, it's a, you got to listen to all the Dave shit except for really Diver Down. Yeah, and that was the whole. They didn't. Even, they just shot out an album that was mostly covers, and it was because they had a you know, they they had an, a single without an album. Right. They put together the their cover of uh, Pretty Woman. Yeah. And uh, it took off. It got right. huge. Yeah. And they had a video for it and everything that got banned, but they're like, we need an album right. to put this on. Yeah. And Which wouldn't even be an issue today anymore. Yeah, but yeah. they were like, uh, shit. So they just all just cranked out a whole bunch of covers and yep. and that was that. And yep. just threw it out there so they could have an album to sell with Pretty Woman right. attached to it. Right. And, you know, it was just a placeholder while they're trying to come up with ideas for what turned out to be 1984. Right. And it's just weird because, you know, they went, you can trace this, you know, evolution of how the, the band sound from the Van Halen 1 and 2, that's mostly shit they played in the clubs, mm -hmm. to, you know, um, Women and Children First is their first fully, like, writing in studio album right, right and then fair warning goes to the next level with that and then they're like here's this obligation album right to just sell a few albums while we work on an actual album right and right. you know it's and then dave starts getting the itch <laughs> and uh comes out with the ep which was corny as fuck it is. Which is uh, Just a Gigolo and... Yeah, that was crazy. What was the other song? It was that, Crazy from the Heat. Was, yeah. Uh, it was Just a Gigolo. It was... Uh, um, 
California California Girls. Girls. Yes, exactly. And then they have. There's two other songs on right. that thing. There's uh, Coconut Grove. Right. And I'm yeah. blanking on the first right. one because I was actually listening to it a little bit today to try right. to uh, kind of get myself in the mindset. Right. In case we talked about that. Now that <laughs> record, in a sense, is like almost like music and comedy because. Corny music and corny comedy. Yeah. Because that's, I mean, that was like his shtick, right? Yeah. And the videos, he's, whatever, he's in a fat suit. Yeah. You know, which I, I don't even know if that would fly today. Could you, <laughs> could you do that? Isn't oh, that fat God. shaming? Yeah. Or I whatever. You're yeah, I don't think you do, you do that anymore. Um, and even, I don't know. I, I could because I'm fat. <laughs> but, um, so that, when that shit came out, I was just like, whatever. Is yeah. you know, but the videos were funny. They yeah. had hot chicks in them. And there was, it you was know, fun. Yeah, there was, there was whatever, whatever. But little did we know that was it. That yeah. was going to be That's the end, man, right? Man. And then Eddie, from from what I gather, and I, I'm not sure. I'm not. Sure, you can't never really know what's in a dude's head. And then at that time, you know, supposedly he was on drugs real bad and everything, which I can relate to. <laughs> you know, um, but. He, I think, had the idea which I became aware of as a youngster when we were watching, I was at my uncle's house and my uncle was really into Santana and we were watching some Santana mm. videos. And I was like, every fucking song has a different fucking singer on it, yeah. you know? And they're like, yeah, it don't matter, that's Santana. Yeah. That's, he's the dude that matters, you know? And I was like, okay, but it didn't sound right to me, you know. Yeah, it seemed weird. Yeah, it seemed weird, whatever. Eventually, I got it, right? But I think maybe Eddie must have thought that same thing. That, you know, as long as I'm on it, it doesn't really matter who's singing. It doesn't really matter. I mean, because from what I I hear, he asked Patty Smythe to be in the band. He asked a lot of Daryl Hall. Yeah. A lot of different people. You know, so I really don't know what what he was thinking. You know, in in retrospect, maybe he should have got a fucking Dave clone. You know, yeah. I don't know. Well, you know, uh, I think what he, he... I don't think it would have worked if he had a Dave clone. Mm, maybe not I, then. I Not then. I think when you're going to do... Of as big of a change as getting a new lead singer, mm-hmm. unless you're a tribute act, right. basically, unless you're Journey with a fucking Filipino kid, right, doing Steve Perry's songs, like you're you're uh, you're your own tribute band at that point, right, pretty much. So you get a guy that can sing the songs. He's not gonna write shit. Yeah. You're not gonna put out a new album, right. So you just have someone that sounds like it and sing us. You know, it's like. Uh, you know, Sublime, where they got that Rome kid. Rome. And, then, and then for some reason, they actually wrote an album that nobody asked for. Right. But, uh, you know, Eddie didn't want to be uh, a nostalgia act. He didn't want to be a tribute act. Right. They, they just had their first number one hit single. Right. You know, and it's kind of funny because it all fell apart there. But Now, when I say that, I say that for me as a fan. For you right? as a fan, yeah. For them... Those albums did fantastic. Yeah. The Sammy albums did were some of their best-selling records. I, I think you know? he made the right call professionally to yeah. go in a completely different direction. Right. And that's the thing is that's where he wrestled control. That's where right. he, this is 
officially my fucking band. Right. This is what we're going to, you know, the, I'm going to get a singer that's going to sing what I want him to sing. And we're going to play what I want to play. And we're going to play it how I want to play it and when and this and that. And he, that's, he had already, like that whole, that whole process had already started with 1984. Right. Where before, you know, they'd go into the, their studio and do their thing and they'd record the song live. Mm-hmm. Which was a trip because they would have the whole band cut it, and that's how they did the first couple albums. Was instead of trying to splice it together, they played the song beginning and end. Yeah, and then you can feel the energy yeah, too when and, it's done that way. And it's a live recording, as, and they just pick the best sounding take. Right, as opposed to like when when uh, when uh, watching that some kind of monster, and you saw how they made yeah. that record. It was like fuck. No wonder it's shitty. Nobody's in this. The room yeah, at the same time. yeah. And, and then with 1984, Eddie opened up his. You know, he had his 5150 studio. Right. He had his studio, so he can tinker with things after hours. Yeah. You know, so Tweaking. Dave. So Dave has to come to him. Right. To do the shit, and they're already not getting along. Right. And you know now it's he's like. I'm going to do this, and here's my keyboard shit. Right. And I, I guess I guess Dave was not, like, on board right away with that. When, like, he came out with keyboards, even Dave was like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. He was like, this, is, this isn't this Van Halen, man. Like, right. you know, this isn't what we're trying to do, but right. he went along with it. Like, he was a good sport, and he sang the songs. Right. And then, but you realize at that moment, they... They had two different musical visions they wanted to achieve. So right. one way or another, 1984 was going to be the last album they did together. Yeah. Dave yeah. wanted to keep doing it the old way. Right. Eddie wanted to go into a different direction entirely. Like according to Dave's book, they had started work on 5150. What would end up that um, when he was still in the band. Right. And, you know, he was like, you know. You know, it's everybody wants to blame Sammy for for what their sound was, but I promise you, Eddie was writing uh, already headed that r- way, writing morose ballads yeah. <laughs> when I was in the band, right. and that was the thing is, you know, and Dave, he wanted, he just wanted to do something, right? Because apparently Eddie wanted to take some time off, right? And Dave had the itch, so then he did, the, right? You know, the crazy from the heat, right? Which infuriated Eddie, right? And then there's 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 uh you know everybody's story is different as to whether he was kicked out or, or quit, quit or whatever. Yeah. It, we probably will never really know. No, I think there's probably somewhere the truth. I would say. I mean, everybody seems like they're kind of a dick when they talk about it, but going by the stories I heard from first when Dave was out of the band, and then when Sammy was out of the band. Mm-hmm. I am more willing to believe the I was fired story yeah. because Sammy got fired over the Right, phone. right. Because Sammy didn't want to do a Greatest Hits right. um, compilation because he thought you put out a Greatest Hits when you're done. Right. And he's like, we still got shit to do. Right. And then they got in an argument over it on the phone. Right. And was, according to Sammy, Eddie said like, well, you were a solo artist before. You're a fucking solo artist again. You're fine. There you, you know. go. Yeah. But uh, yeah, they they have two directions, and that's right. you know where you can see that where fifty one fifty was 
very much a radical departure from mm-hmm. the old Van Halen sound. Yeah. And then, you know, Dave's first album album, Eat Em and Smile. Great sound, fucking record. Sounded like a Van Halen record. Right. You know? Yeah. And, that, and not only did it sound like a Van Halen record, but in my opinion, it sounded better than 1984 and better than Diver Down. I would give it that. Yeah. I'd give it that. I yeah. mean, he had some real fucking, real good shit on there. Fuck yeah. And, and good then, fucking musicians, too. Jesus and Christ. Yeah, I mean, he pretty much introduced the world yeah. to Steve Vai. Yeah. You know? I saw them live, too, and they fucking murdered. They yeah. fucking murdered. It's one of the best concerts I've ever been to. Yeah. But uh, the one thing that I can say for um, for the the um, that era of fifty one fifty and how many albums did they do with Sammy anyway? They did uh, three. I think they did fifty one fifty. O U eight one two and that for carnal knowledge uh, for, for unlawful for unlawful carnal knowledge <laughs> yeah. and then balance okay so they did four with Sammy right now the one thing I can say about it is that later on when I was in a different band called the Orphans and my drummer in that band named Rodney Shippy and he had like. He had no shame in his game when it came to music because he didn't come from heavy metal. Yeah, you know, uh, so he so his his favorite era of Van Halen is Sammy era, mm. right? His, <laughs> his favorite era of Rainbow is Jolyn Turner era. Interesting. You know? So he liked the pop, the pop uh, yeah. aspect with with guitars, you know, and so since I would, I mean. Like, we were the orphans, and Rodney's house was the orphanage. So we were there all the time, yeah. tweaking balls. Do We were crazy. Um, but he liked that shit, and he was trying to learn to play guitar, so he would always have me, like, he wanted to learn the riff from Dreams, or he wanted to learn, <laughs> you know, different stuff from those records. So I'd be like, all right, cool. Now I got to listen to this shit right. so you can learn how to l- play it. And I'd pull it out and teach him a part and pull a part out, teach him a part, whatever. And I gained an appreciation for the guitar parts because there's still some sick-ass guitar parts on There the is, but god damn, man. Yeah, you got to wade through some shit you to gotta get You got to really push through, and it's rough for yeah. me. I, it's just not my thing. And right. I've given a lot of shit, a lot of, like, honest tries like right. even like you know with uh stuff like rainbow like i wasn't touching any of the non-deo shit for a while there right. i was like what's the point right because it's a different thing than what i like right and right. I, I listen to it and i'm still not super big on jolyn turner right but i really like the grand bonnet yeah album yeah you know, and it was a little more poppy, but it was, you know. Now, with those albums, what you have to, well, really, what you have to do is you have to, like, watch a watch a video of a concert. Like, there's a Rainbow concert that they did in Texas with yeah. Jolene Turner. And the video's out there or whatever. If you watch that whole thing and you see that, when, they're, when they play those songs live, they're still a fucking hard rock yeah. band, you know. And then you can go back and listen to the album. You're like, okay. I yeah. see. I mean, you know. I got that, but then you know when, but when it comes to Sammy, like I try to give it that old college try. Did you ever watch that video like live without a net 
or whatever. It came out on VHS. Shit was fucking gay. Yeah, it wasn't. Sorry, now I'm calling shit gay. It's rubbing off. I mean, that. Well, no. I mean, it's like okay. And you know what's funny? Dave was corny, but he was cool. Corny. Cool corny. He made made it cool. And Sammy. the guy can sing, but he's not a right. fucking rock star. He's like, a he, he's a decent guitar player too. And he no, he's he's talented. Yeah. He sings great. Yeah. But he doesn't have that presence. Right. So when they do corny, yeah. it just looks corny. Yeah. And he like dresses they, funny. He has funny hair. Yeah, like he's they do. Funny looking. Yeah. He like looks that, like one of yeah. those dogs. Yeah. Like a uh, I can't. I don't know what the <laughs> fucking dog is. The Sammy Hagar. He's like dog. a weird fucking rock and roll poodle. Thing. Yeah, yeah. And the thing that gets me about that, like the live without a net. I'm, I haven't watched all of it because I don't right. have time to watch shit that I don't like. I watched it at the time. But you know they do like oh. We're gonna cover Led Zeppelin and do rock and roll, right? And they're like, "That's a cool Led Zeppelin song. Right. I could get down with it. That's cool to see him, and I bet Sammy can sing it, and that's gonna be fine." And they do a fucking kick line yeah. during it, where it's like you got yeah. Sammy doing a kick line with Mike Anthony and shit, and it's like, what are they? I never need a kick line. <laughs> I've never, I've never ever seen a band and go like, yeah. "Fuck, dude! If only they had a kick line." Yeah. Like, it's just, like, it's somehow you're taking, like, and it was so not cool. Right. And it's like, and you know what? A lot of shit in hard rock and metal was fucking corny. Right. Like, you know, but they somehow do it with such intensity. Right. That you go, like, yeah! Like, yeah. when, you know, when you got Judas Priest and they're all lined up shoulder to right. shoulder. And, and then they do the synchronized head butt, yeah. head bang. Totally. You know? And there's something cool about it. And it's like the same thing with Van Halen, except for they're kicking their legs instead. Yeah, and it's no, like, this that, is it's a the stupid... fucking rocket. That's the rocket. I was just, yeah. Chicks. The, the first time I saw that, I about fell out of my chair laughing. Because yeah. it's like, this isn't cool at all. Yeah. And all their singles were like the ballads, really. That's true. And because it's like, you got to like really, all the, the more rocker songs. I mean, right. there's I think they're really few and far between the farther right. you get into that era. But now, 5150 has some songs that do rock. Right. But they weren't a single. You never hear it on the radio. Right. It's like, I don't have time to find hidden gems and some shit I don't like. Right. Like, just to find one song. Now, if I ever if I ever heard, the first song that I ever heard from your band was a ballad that I didn't like. Yeah. It was going to be really hard for me to give your band another chance. Yeah. Which is why I never liked Extreme. <laughs> right, you, you know, dudes that I knew really liked extreme and were into yeah, like extreme Nuno Benton rocks and all. You're yeah. more than words. right. Also, too, when I fucking heard that the name of the band was Extreme, I expected the music to be the extreme. extreme. That's like, and it was oh. extremely oh. not extreme. Yeah, no, that shit. That's I got. I remember getting fooled by Savage Garden in the nineties. Oh <laughs> man, I was yeah. like Savage. They, if you're gonna say you're Savage, it's right? Like, this shit's whack. I should have, you know. Yeah. So, since I didn't like Extreme, when I heard that that was going to be the guy. What, Van Halen 3? Yeah. yeah. I was like, oh, yeah. yeah this no, ain't anything that's I no want. Good. And then he cut his hair for it, too. So, it was just like, okay, well, no. <laughs> just like, you know. And I, I know that every once in a while you post some song from there and be like, Challenge you to listen to this 
you know, whole thing. Or, We're about laughing. Yeah, or some, or shit. some shit like that. <laughs> so really, I mean, I can't even call that an era. It's Gary Sharon, right? Gary Sharon, yeah. That's, right. It's not an era. It's a, right. It's a blip. Right, it's a, a blip. thing that happened. That was that time that Eddie Van Halen wrote a solo album Right. Called it Van Halen. Right. It's that's what that was. Right. That was Eddie Van Halen's solo album. Mike Anthony isn't on it at all. Yeah. Um, and they he brought Gary Sharon in after auditioning. They auditioned another guy that and they actually cut a, a song with him. I can't remember his oh, name yeah. off the top of my head. It's not a very good song. It's, yeah. It's the same kind of same thing. Sappy Sammy shit. But uh, they got a guy where they figure. Oh, this guy can sing Dave songs and Sammy songs, right? You know, yeah. and and will and doesn't mind doing it, right? Because Sammy, the longer he's in that band, the less he wanted to sing those fucking Dave songs, right? Like he right. he he didn't want to sing that old shit. That wasn't his songs. Yeah, he didn't like David Lee Roth very much, right? So they cut those songs out. So then when Van Halen three, you know. Uh, came out and they started touring for it all of a sudden barely hey van halen's playing uh mean streets live again yeah and shit like that which what they could have done this is what they should have done with with van halen 3 Mm -hmm. other than not made that album at all right Um, they should have toured first with with gary sharon that might have been a good idea and get people into him as a vocalist yeah. and go like oh this guy he's singing the old shit yeah. and then he's singing some of the Sammy shit and then they go into the studio and then he gets his own album then maybe people would have bought into that a little bit more right yeah. but by that time that was the thing it's like I got into Van Halen in the 90s so I was already me catching up with back you know the backlog of that and then going like ew Sammy Hagar so I wanted none of Van Halen 3 when right. it came out. And my friend Sean bought it for the sake of buying it. Right. And he was like, Mike, this is the worst album I've ever bought. Oh this is God. terrible. Yeah. And he's like, you got to list, try listening to it, though. I'm like, no. And I saw like the one, yeah, their initial single off that. Right. And I was like, uh, yeah. nah, not my jam at all. And right. I have not. The first time I listened to Van Halen 3 from beginning to end was uh, a few months ago. Right. I work data entry, so I get a lot of fucking free time on my hands to listen to music because right. I sit there with my headphones on and I say, you know what? Maybe there's something there in there I'll like. And man, I had to push to, I had to do that in a couple of different sessions. I couldn't yeah. do it all at once. Yeah. I got to the end, and you know what's fucked up? Um, I was listening to it through Amazon Prime Music and every once in a while when you listen to an album on that shit you own it now you didn't buy it they just give you it oh well and now I own Van Halen oh, 3 digitally yeah. because it, like when I go into my music the yeah. shit that I actually bought and downloaded it's if there. you click on Van Halen Van Halen 3 is on that and I'm like what wow. the fuck that's hilarious. And I was like, I didn't. It's so want funny this. that they called it that too. That's well, fucking weird. The yeah, I mean that was the thing. It's like you had Van Halen one and Van Halen two, and then a bunch of shit. And I guess yeah. they decided if we call it Van Halen three, it's signifying right. a new era. Right. This is the new. That Van never Halen. goes well. Like Kiss Alive three. 
<laughs> that, that's unnecessary. Yeah, well, you know what? I'm going to give Kiss Alive 3 a little bit of love right now. We're okay. not talking about Kiss today. Well, we're definitely going to talk about Kiss eventually. Yes, that's of course. That's definitely got to be talked about. I love Kiss. Yes. Um, you know, you had Kiss Alive 1 and 2 pretty close together. Right. So that got really the meat of their classic era with, you know, the original lineup. But sure. they had some really big fucking hits in the 80s. That's true. You know, so they, the logical step is to do Kiss Alive 3 yeah. and have live cuts of Lick It Up and Heaven's on Fire and Creatures of the Night right. and shit like that. Right. And I don't like all of those songs. Right. But it made fine it made sense to have another alive album for that era of Kiss. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Kiss Alive 4 we didn't fucking need with the symphony. There you go. That's yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's here's here's Kiss when they can't sing as right. good. That's and, but, actually the one that I was thinking of, but I've fucked up in saying it. There you go. Now, um for the Van Halen reunion. The album, I heard it. Yeah. I, I haven't given it a whole bunch of plays, but I've heard it a few times. It's cool. It's fun. You know? Yeah. Uh, I didn't see them live because they wanted so much fucking money. Yeah. For even the fucking cheap seats. That's, so, that was my thing, too. I was yeah. like, fuck yeah, I'll watch Van Halen. Yeah. A couple hundred bucks for right. a cheap seat, and then I'll pass. Yeah, and then and then the, the little things that I saw, like the Jimmy Kimmel and whatever. I mean, Dave, he's not going to move around that great no more. Yeah. Eddie's kind of stationary. Wolfgang, you know, his Wolfgang, his Wolfgang. <laughs> um, and you know he's got supposedly like what Eddie says is like the greatest album of all time that's supposed to come out last it's, year. It's, it's any day now, the yeah. greatest rock album. Yeah, Wolfgang Van Halen's yeah. long-awaited debut. There's been a 15-second clip right. posted, and that's about it. And right. I guess it was a cool 15 seconds, but this is not going to light the world yeah. on fire. Like there's. Now, what I want to see, and Eddie, I know you're listening. <laughs> I just want to, I want an Eddie Van Halen shred guitar record. Why not? Fuck it. While you can still do it, yeah. do it. You know, I know you got fucking tons of riffs fucking laying around that don't have no vocal lines to them, don't have no melodies to them. They're just basically garbage. We would love to hear that fucking shreddy ass garbage. So that's, I mean, I don't see where else there is to go for Van Halen. I think, yeah, I think now I think it's time to hang it up. Honestly, there's 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 nothing left to do. They reunited with Dave. Right. And sold a bunch of tickets. And yeah. Had an all right album with them. And yeah. Half Got of some it, hip replacements. Yeah, and half of it was, you know... Unreal, you know, club uh, old, shit, yeah, you know. Old shit, and, but yeah. that was all. You know, the thing is, it's so cool about it because at first I was like, "What the fuck?" He's got his kid playing bass, right? Um, this was all done because Eddie wanted to play with his kid, right? He did it because he thought it'd be really fucking cool to share that with his son, right? His son orchestrated the whole damn thing, right? He was, you know, apparently they're hanging out. Because they, they, he first joined the band uh, when they reunited with Sammy. Mm -hmm. And uh, 
that apparently went nowhere. They were like, wait, we're back together again. And then everybody faded each other again. Right, right. But uh, they had, you know, Eddie's sitting around not doing nothing. And Wolfgang goes, why don't we play with Dave? Yeah. And Eddie's like, fucking really? Yeah. You know, he's like, (laughs) he's like, yeah, man, let's. Yeah. Let's just invite him to come jam. And see what happens. And see what happens. And Eddie was like, I mean, if this is what my son wants, uh, you know what? You give him a call. Right. You got his number, apparently. Right. And uh, I guess the the story goes, uh, um, God, I I heard this from another interview from, like, one of their managers or tour managers or tour photographers or something Mm -hmm. that was in the room at the time is uh, Wolfgang calls calls Dave. Mm Mm-hmm. Gets his voicemail, leaves a voicemail. Hey, this is Wolfgang Van Halen. I don't know how he fucking sounds. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. This is Wolfgang Van Halen. Uh, we used to we used to say like because uh, back th- back in the days we never ha- yeah. knew how anybody sounded. Yeah. So we used to say like, wouldn't it be funny if if uh, if uh, Tony Iommi was like, "Hi, I'm Tony Iommi," <laughs> like a little fucking yeah, high ass mouse voice or and something. It turns out that's just how Lars Ulrich sounds. <laughs> <laughs> hey, dudes. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go play drums in Metallica. But anywho, yeah. uh, but Wolfgang, I guess, calls and leaves a voicemail for Dave. Hey, this is Wolfgang Van Halen. Uh, I was wondering if you want to come jam with me and my dad and my Uncle Alex. Yeah. And blah, blah, blah. And Dave listens to it, and he's like, am I being prank called? Yeah, like, <laughs> Yeah. So Dave calls Eddie. Yeah. And Just comes, what the fuck, bro. And he goes, you know, like, Edward. I'll pour, he, yeah. I, he, you know he called him Edward. Yeah. He always calls him Eddie. Edward, um, Dave here. I yeah, this the Dave Lee Roth. Yeah. Uh, I got a call from Wolfgang asking about jamming with you guys, yeah. and I just wanted to know if this was for you know a joke. Is or, this a joke or is this yeah. for real? And then I guess Eddie goes, uh, "Did I call you or did Wolfgang call you?" Yeah, and he said Wolfgang. He's like, "Then fucking call him," and hung up ah. on him. So Eddie called Wolfgang, and he was like, yeah, man, we thought it'd be fun. So he came over, and they jammed a little bit and did some of their old shit. And then, you know, they did that tour. Right. And then they're like, well, Wolfgang was like, let's do an album. Yeah. And Eddie's like, yeah, fucking fine, whatever. Right. We got these old songs. Yeah. And and that was all Wolfie's idea. He went through their back catalog of shit that you know, old demos and this and that. He's like, let's re-record this. this. Yeah. Let's do this. Yeah. Let's do that. And I'm sure there was a lot of good shit. And to Eddie pay for. was like, okay. And you know, they recorded it. You know, they, they did their thing. Dave never was, I don't think they never recorded the album together. Dave was in another studio. Yeah. Yeah, getting, yeah. 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 You know, getting fed the tracks and right. doing his thing. And they put that out. And I remember like when it came out, it was like, out of nowhere, there's a new Van Halen album. Yeah. There wasn't a lot of hype to it. Yeah, I just saw like, oh, there's a new Van Halen. I didn't album. like that first song. That's what I was gonna say. They they keep fucking up with Dave. <laughs> yeah, because 1984, the lead single was Jump. Yeah, and a lot like you said, you heard that you're yeah. like, Ugh, yeah, I don't want to listen to this shit at all. Yeah. and then you hear Panama or something. Right. It's like, okay, there's this some shit. That's, this is some shit that sounds like their other shit. Mm-hmm. Um. But the, I thought Jump was a weird single to lead off with, with 1984. Yeah. You think you'd want to hook them with Panama. Yeah. And go, here's the new album, and then you sneak Jump in, and right. like, here's some newer shit we're going to try. Jump would be like the third single, yeah. and see if it flies. Still, but yeah. 
And then, yeah, but then this album comes out and the first single was Tattoo. Yeah. And that song sucks. Yeah, that song yeah, sucks yeah, yeah. a dick. Yeah. And I was like, oh, no, thank you. Right. And then I think I listened to, uh, I, just for the hell of it, I was got to go on YouTube and I listened to uh, Chinatown. Right. And there's some fucking sick guitar on that. Yeah. I mean, the beginning, it's like, <laughs> the beginning guitar work is like, hey, Eddie made... Made his guitar sound like an Atari somehow. Right. But there's a lot of double kick with Alex, and it's like a real, like, fast yeah, paced rocker. Yeah. So I'm like, maybe this album's actually gonna be good. So right. then I got the album, and I just pretend that she's the woman that's the first track on it. Right. <laughs> you know, I skip past Tattoo, and there's right. nothing worth mining on that. But yeah, now it's. Like we said, I think that's it for the. They, that's you can't go any farther with Van Halen. Right, there's nothing left to do. Well, that is our little wrap up on the history of Van Halen. As is the Hit the Light podcast. We'll see what happens in the future. I mean, he ain't dead yet. He's going to do something. So we'll see what happens yeah. next, and and we'll report on that at that time. So thanks for listening to another episode of the Hit the Light podcast. This is Big Frog and Diamond Michael Lee Castleberry. Bubbly, bleep, bleep, bop. <laughs> Until the next one, see you next week. Out. <laughs>